Full Gear War Games. Full Gear War Games. Full Gear War Games. Let's talk about it. Let's put a smile on that face. Ask me what I think about the Jordan Miles situation. I fucking dare you. What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy. It's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with your NXT review for October 30th, one day before Halloween 2019. And oh my god, are we on our way to war games? Let's talk about this. I've said, and I've said it all week long, uh, what, you know, what has happened since the Wednesday Night War started. What do you think of NXT? I might be in the minority here. Uh, I know it's it's a very odd opinion for me to have because I gotta stream it because we don't have it up here in Canada. Roddy, roddy, roddy. The Americans get it first and everybody else has to wait. That's fine. And and streaming is weird and American advertisements are, are really weird. But I will say being on USA has made NXT step its game up. And when NXT was already the best thing going in WWE, that's a hell of a statement. That is not a dig at AEW as much as I have fun. But in one night... They've sold me on uh, on war games. Now I know there's been a lot of, of rumors and whatever about what they're going to do with the pay-per-view schedule of NXT now that it's a proper television show and all that, and they may not necessarily be attached to the pay-per-views. I heard WrestleMania and Royal Rumble next year are going to have a Worlds Collide show the the night before instead of a takeover, and the takeovers are going to be elsewhere in the year. I really don't know. Um, but the way War Games is, is set up here, it wouldn't exactly hurt my feelings if it wasn't the night before Survivor Series. It wouldn't exactly hurt my feelings if it had its own weekend and it got to be the thing of the weekend, not just the precursor to a bigger show that isn't going to be as good. Let's be real, don't ask me what I think about the main roster too much tonight. But, I mean, I'm going to keep saying it and you guys are eventually going to tell me I'm getting repetitive in the comment section, but AEW beats... NXT, AEW beats WWE as a whole, as far as tag team wrestling goes. Even I, in all my joking and all my sarcasm, cannot deny that the tag team wrestling in AEW is better. Conversely, their women's division can't touch NXT. Their presentation of the women's division, who they've got, what they've done with them, and yes, I know the excuse is, well, they've only been going four weeks. Well, they've only given me four weeks worth of product, and the uh, the champion was almost Nyla Rose, wasn't it? Anyways, if you want, if you get through this video, and I know a lot of people don't even stay till the end of the video because you probably get sick of my voice. I get it. It's okay. I know how to read analytics. It's fine. But if you get to the end of this video and you don't agree with me, I really genuinely, without sarcasm, would love to know down in the box below what your reasoning is. I'm not going to say that you're wrong because you don't agree with me. I'm not, you know, name any other person in the YWC realistically. But I really do, of the entire Wednesday Night War scenario, and yes, my, my leaning is towards NXT because I am loyal to NXT. I am loyal to WWE as a whole, even though that's the, that's the Titanic that's going to drag me down. But... If you want to tell me, specifically related to the women's division, how AEW is better than NXT, I would love to have a genuine conversation about that with somebody who believes that. Because I genuinely cannot fabricate where that opinion would come from. So, 
put it down in the box below. You guys know me. The I was going to say the DMs are always open. That's not how YouTube works. The, the chat is always open. The comment section is always open. You know, subscribe up there. Talk down there. It's in my it's in my spiel. But we started off with Poppy. Now I I it's not exactly my choice in music, but I mean a live performance that was only vaguely teased on uh, WWE.com and Twitter, so if you don't follow either of those, then it was a nice little surprise. It was a nice way to kick off the show. It sort of narrated the, you know, previously on NXT uh, footage that we got showing everything that happened last week, and then it trans transitioned into also being a entrance music for Io Shirai, because Io Shirai and Candice LeRae have reinvigorated their feud as our opening match tonight. Shirai comes down, and I will say, the only downside to that, and, and the performance was great, and, you know, NXT and rock music are, are sort of superfluous at this point, or that's the wrong word. They are inex inextricably linked um, to having better music than the main roster, because the main roster's mostly got poppy crap and a lot of flow rider. Not, not poppy, but like pop. Never, nah. You know what I mean. There was going to be a pun there, and then it was just going to be bad, and then, you know, Remembrance Day is coming, and I heard a really weird joke online before NXT started about how, you know, NXT wanted to get their poppy early, and that was just really bad. I think that was on What Culture. I like those guys. I expect better from them. Anyways, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, the only thing I will say about Poppy doing the live entrance is that Candice LeRae then coming out to not a live entrance sort of made her feel like the, a bit of the jobber in the match. Candice LeRae's great. Candice LeRae's not a jobber. But um, when you have one for one and not one for the other, it's, I mean, when The Rock fought Cena, there's a reason they both got live entrances, because giving just one is weird. Slap by Shirai, and yeah. I can't read my own writing right off the bat. Slap by Shirai to shove by Larray, and they brawl to the outside immediately. Uh, 619 and a suicide dive by Shirai. Suicide dive by Larray. Anything you can do, I can do better. You guys know I love that story. High knee by Larray. Sent on face buster on the apron. I will say it right now because I didn't write it down. There is a point in this match where Candice Larray uh, busts her nose open. So her nose is bleeding for the rest of the match. The referee has the gloves out. It's all very dramatic. But Io Shirai just had her by the hair at one point and just sort of like wiped the blood off her nose and looked at the blood on her fingers. It's a nice, dastardly little touch and it was good. Head scissor by Larray. It's a great boot by Shirai. 619 to the back by Shirai. Missile drop kicking some more shots to the back. Right hand. Uh, sorry, right hand knockdown by Shirai, returned by Larray. Anything you can do, I can do better. Once again, white noise by Shirai was was an interesting surprise there. Uh, punches and chops by Larray, a cross face by Shirai, octopus stress by Larray, midair double cross body collision followed by a clothesline by Larray and a drop kick. Uh, top rope tornado DDT by Ray, in which I thought Shirai ended landed awkwardly because for the next couple of minutes she's either really really selling well, which is fine, but the ending or the uh, the landing of that tornado uh, didn't look... I don't want to say it didn't look right, because then it makes me sound like an, uh, an analysis guy. And I'm not an analysis guy. I've never been in the ring. I only have a very narrow margin of, of space to where I'm able to talk with you guys about this sort of thing. But um, it looked weird. It looked kind of bad. Moonsault is blocked by Shirai. There's some more body shots. A head scissor by Shirai. She attempts to get the steel chair, but the referee takes it out of her hands. The 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 blonde chick referee in this match, I can't think of her name right now. I, I do like her. She brings a different, like, and I'm not just saying, oh, she's a chick referee, so it's different. But she does have some presence in the ring the way not, not a lot of referees do these days. So hats off to her for that. 
She gets the chair away from Shirai. Facebuster by Lorraine in a boot, and she tries for the lion's salt, but Shirai moves out of the way. She misses. She hits the chair, and Shirai, or sorry, Shirai gets the win. There's a post-match assault, and for the first time tonight, we have a save by Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go on next week. Shirai is going to be the next one that Ripley faces, and it's going to be a nice, simple, easy little story. Natural progression. Candice Lorray might have to move back a little bit. Shirai moves forward. She's the next obstacle for Rhea Ripley going towards Shayna Baszler in the championship, because we all know that's what's going to happen. WWE's predictable, and that's just... That's just how it's, how it's going to go, and we've had our women's segment for the evening, and it's all fine. Right? Right? No. Not even in the slightest. We see a screenshot from Sports Illustrated that announced that O'Reilly and Fish are going to face Matt Riddle and Keith Lee in the main event. I really... Spoiler alert. I really don't know why this was the main event. It should not have been the main event. We replay the Balor heel turn and all the reaction and all the different interviews that he's been on since and all the social media reaction and how he's just... He's being what I've always called this version of Finn Balor, which is rock star douchebag Finn Balor. We're going to get to Balor in a minute. Don't you worry about that. We replay... The upset win that Damian Priest got over Pete Dunne, that was a really good match. It's really underrated. I'm surprised not more people are talking about it, but they're going to have their rematch next week, which is fine and wonderful because it means Pete Dunne's going to be back on NXT. Balor comes out. And he, it's, 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 you know, one of those things where they put the graphic up and then, you know, why Balor, why? He comes out and I, I don't even have to talk. I will talk about the promo, but I don't even have to talk about the promo because the, the, the genius, the subtle thing and and the subtle genius of this you know um rule 32 from zombie land the second one just came out so remember zombie land one rule number 32 enjoy the little things that's exactly what they did here Finn Balor comes out, he's smiling, he's sort of got a spotlight on him, there's that spot in the music where the music ramps up and they, they do the big bright white lights and he does the thing with his hands, they get to that point in the match and you can even see the people in the crowd immediately around him, they're ready to do the arm up thing and as soon as that, that, that crescendo in the music hits, instead of going bright white, the arena goes black and there's a spotlight on Finn Balor and I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. I just love it. And in that spotlight, he does the weird... He does a gun thing. Like, like people do... You know, people think of the gun symbol with their hands. But he does the weird... I don't know whether this is a Bullet Club thing. I don't do the ROH thing. I don't do the New Japan thing. I don't know if, if this is the Bullet Club thing. But the, he, he does the, 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 hand, the gun thing with his hands. But his fingers are, like, crooked when he... I don't get it. It's fine. It's cool. It's kind of unique. Whatever. I don't get it. I don't think I need to get it. Whatever comes out, finally gets on the microphone, <laughs> and he's just immediately dropped into this douchebag character, and it's fucking great. Everybody's been telling me, yeah, you gotta watch some Prince Devitt stuff, whatever. If they're gonna call him Prince Balor, by all means. Funny how things work out. Two months ago, I had to go lay down for the hottest thing in wrestling because Bray Wyatt decided to put a mask on. Fucking brilliant. I took the mask off last week, and now I'm the hottest thing in the business. Everybody has an opinion. There's a bunch of Twitter tough guys. There's too many fans in the locker room instead of in the stands where they belong. I don't watch this business. This business, as you can see, watches me. Gargano, I heard you finally got out of the hospital. Congratulations for that. I'll put you back in there if you ever want to have a second go around with me, and you won't be Johnny Wrestling anymore. You'll be Johnny who just watches wrestling. Bam. Mic drop, nobody interrupts him, just comes, says his piece, leaves. I think we could get that more on the main roster, that would be great. But, obviously we're getting this at War Games. 
this is fucking brilliant. The whole, I had to go lay down for Bray Wyatt because he put a mask on and all of a sudden he's the biggest thing in wrestling. I'm like, oh, oh, that's good. I said it when he came to NXT. I, when, he, when he surprised showed up at NXT and I said, I pointed into this camera and I said, wrestling fans think we always know what's going to happen. He's going to job to the fiend he's going to come back as the demon in, in two months after he's done shagging his wife on their honeymoon or whatever or he's going to come back and join the bullet club and turn heel there nobody predicted that he was coming to nxt nobody predicted he was going to turn heel in nxt this is fucking great and the whole the thing about this is when he's talking about the twitter tough guys when he's talking about everybody having an opinion when he's talking about um you know putting down the main roster funny how things work out you know everybody everybody's got their eyes on me the entire time that he's shitting on the business, shitting on the locker room, shitting on the fans. The fans are chanting "Thank you, Balor." It's it's fucking wonderful, and this is this is so good. I just I know I'm not uh, I'm not doing my typical video like this is what happened and this is what happened and then this is what happened because I put a genuine smile on my face when I watch NXT, and this puts a smile on my face. And this versus Gargano is going to be good added on to what else we're getting later on in the night, but for war games, I mean, and this, this is just fucking, I, I don't have any other word for it, but this is just good, this is good shit, I, I, I can't even do the Vince McMahon, that's just good shit, pal, because it actually is good shit, we see a highlight package on the Kabuki Warriors, because they're returning to NXT for the first time since the last time type thing, they're going to be defending their titles against Team Kick, Dakota Kai, and, uh, Tegan Knox. I always fuck up one of their names. We see a video package on Tyler Bate. Spoiler alert, there's a lot of video packages in tonight's episode. Shane Thorne versus Bronson Reed, which I thought was just going to be a filler match and ended up being really, really fun. Shane Thorne is still missing something. Bronson Reed, when they did the breakout tournament and the wrong guy won, in my opinion. Uh, Bronson Reed made a really good showing of himself, but you know, you got the two guys from Australia. Uh, Dropkick by Thorne twice to start the match in a corner clothesline. Cor uh... Clothesline by Rita Sinton, and they both trade some chops. And when I say they trade some chops, they stood in the center of that fucking ring and traded chops for what felt like two minutes. It was great. And it was just like, you saw, because Bronson Reed obviously has the, the you know, the thicker exterior, because Shane Thorne is the smaller guy, you see he's the one whose knee starts to buckle first. He's the one that starts to curl away from the chop. While Beth Phoenix, to her credit on commentary, is telling you each and everything that a knife-edge chop does to your chest. This was, it was a little bit, it was a couple of seconds within a match that probably most people see as throwaway. But it was fucking great. Uppercut by Thorne, a spin kick and a side suplex, a series of kicks by Thorne, a jab by Reed, and another suplex. Inverted tombstone by Reed was nice. Inseguri by Thorne, top rope toss by Reed, and a big fucking splash. Like, Reed is on the top turnbuckle. Shane Thorne goes to try to suplex him off, typical suplex. Oh, look, look at how strong I am. I can lift this much bigger guy. But in, in midair, they're both standing on the top turnbuckle, and Bronson Reed just shoves him off into about the middle of the ring. And then... <laughs> because he is that big and he doesn't have to be that fancy, huge fucking splash. Bronson Reed gets the win. Makes me feel good. This guy, I said it on Twitter. Um, I'll say it again here. Bronson Reed, I don't know what he's going to be when he hits his stride in NXT, but he's going to be something, and it's going to be special. Now, that's not to take anything away from Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne is impressive as fuck. There's something missing from him. I know I say that about a lot of guys. I say that about... 
mostly the Forgotten Sons, uh, realistically, uh, and it's the same thing here. I want to cheer for this guy because he's really good, and he came in as a tag team, and then his partner left, so that's whatever. Um, we get a really, really quick feel-good interview with Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox before their title sh before their title match later on. You know, basically, we're here, we've come so far, da-da-da-da, we've both come back from our injuries, we're, we're going to win the tag titles, and how great is it to win a tag title with your best friend, and yada, yada, yada. We get another video package, and this one's on Mia Yim, so it didn't hurt my feelings at all, but it's nothing we haven't already seen if you're watching week to week. Mia Yim is awesome. She feeds into, once again, the women's division on NXT that is really vast and, and 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 doesn't have Nyla Rose on it and isn't AEW. Moving on, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox versus Asuka and Kyrie Sane for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Huge, huge welcome back chance from the full sale crowd for Asuka and Kyrie Sane. Asuka and, and uh, Knox start the match. Now, you go in here and you got a team of people who have just come back from leg injuries. One of them is coming back from a second major leg injury. What do you think the story of the match is going to be? Oh, yes. Asuka and Knox start the match. Call her a tie, but a headlock by Asuka. Body shots by Asuka. Chops by Sane, and Knox returns those shots. Sane stomps on the foot and takes her down by the hair. Dropkick by Knox. All four women brawl on the outside, and Kai eats the steps really hard as we go to commercial break. Now, the one thing I will say, and... I mean, we never had the picture-in-picture -picture thing up here. Uh, I know they experimented with the picture-in-picture -picture thing in the States uh, when you were watching SmackDown, I believe. It's it's weird. It's sort of distracting because you, you're, you're seeing it really small and there's no sound to back it up, which means there's no commentary to back it up. They can't decide, unless there's just something wrong with my stream, they can't decide whether they want to cut to commercial break or cut to picture-in-picture because -picture, they did both a lot tonight and and it shows and it's a bit distracting and when it actually cuts to break I'm gonna tell you that it cut to break because it means there's a bit of the match that I didn't see sorry don't watch the video while I'm talking because I just keep scratching my nose because my nose is itchy as hell uh, double team by Kai and Knox rolling arm drags by Kai dragon screw in the ropes by Oscar hip attack on yeah, who hits a hip attack off the apron I was writing faster than I can talk that's the problem there Asuka stands on her neck, kick, uh, kicking her and kitchen sinking her in the midsection. Leg lock by Asuka, it turns into an ankle lock, turns into a boot. And now from here, for the next like five minutes, this is the systematic destruction of Dakota Kai. And it made me sad because I like Dakota Kai. But Asuka works the leg in the bottom ropes, mud hole stomp by Sane, sliding D by Sane, Brock lock and an anchor lock. Um, she went, She didn't go for the full anchor lock. She sort of put it in in a way that was more flat. She didn't quite bridge it, but it, it was there. The Brock lock, or uh, I think it's called the stretch muffler in other circles, is is terrible because you are literally having your own weight used against you. So the psychology of that is wonderful. Oscar works the leg in the second rope because we already did the first rope and we're telling a story here. Forearms by Kai, Snapmare by Sane, and a figure four headlock followed by an axe kick. Double knee jam by Sane and Oscar just grabbed both of her kneecaps and just drove them right into the ground. Dirty, dirty move, followed by an axe kick. Um, single leg crab by Asuka as we go to commercial break. Everything, everything, the knee jams, the kicks, the ankle locks, the knee locks, everything working on the legs. And Dakota Kai is such, such a good babyface in peril. It's ridiculous. Hair takedown by Asuka and a sideways ankle. She sort of like... She, she bent her leg sideways like you would do for the figure four, but she wasn't doing anything with the other leg. She, was just, she had her by the ankle and, and the knee and just tw was twisting at it. And it was, it was very ugly looking and it didn't look like it felt very good at all. 
Kai tosses Saint out. Scorpion kick by Kai. That 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 inverted scorpion kick that she does. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you work out the coordination of that. I also don't know why I'm bobbing my head while I try to explain things to you. It's that kind of night. Hot tag to Tegan Knox, who comes in with a choke slam and back elbows and insecurities for everybody. Top rope crossbody by Knox, knee bar by Asuka on her. Cross arm breaker by Knox. You're going to kill our legs, we're going to kill your arms, I guess is the story there. And then she's a German on Asuka. Super kick by Knox, forearms by Kai. Haluva kick. Haluva kick is also great, but what did you think was going to happen? Green mist by Asuka, insane elbow to the back of, of Dakota Kai by Kairi Sane, and the Kabuki Warriors get the win. Guys, I know I say this a lot, especially when a match is really good, or especially when I'm talking about a main event. What I have tried to describe to you and the story that I've tried to tell you in that match does not do that match justice. If you're watching this video for some reason and you haven't actually watched NXT, which, thank you, but I don't, I don't understand. Definitely go watch the show and come see what I think about it afterwards. If you don't watch any other match tonight, and when I say tonight, I mean on any show that you watch tonight, go back and watch this, because it was good. So now, Kabuki Warriors, fuck off. Like, they've done their work for the evening, they've got their win, they had their homecoming, they, they established their dominance, they fucked off. Dakota Kai is down, she's blinded, she's got the mist, whatever, Tegan Knox is trying to tend to her. The MMA horsewomen come out, and it's one of those holy fuck situations because there's two of them, but one of them's blind and on the ground. So you're going to have a one-on-three situation. One-on-three, beat down on Tegan Knox. They toss Dakota Kai out of the ring while she's trying to clear her eyes and whatever. And they're about to do the Baszler stomp where they, where they stand up the arm and, and stomp on the elbow. But there's a save by Ripley, or she tries to save them. She causes a distraction to the horsewoman on the rampway, but she can't even make it all, all the way down the rampway because... She's attacked by not only Io Shirai from earlier tonight, but also Bianca Belair for reasons. Now, Io Shirai's out there attacking uh, Rhea Ripley, so she's attacked by Candice LeRae as well, and tr who tries to even the odds. By the end of it, you've got all three horsewomen, plus Belair, plus um, Io Shirai. On the other side of the coin, you've got Team Kick, uh, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, along with Candice LeRae, and um, Rhea Ripley. Now, before anybody could say anything, everybody was brawling. There was a quick stare down between Bel Air and, or sorry, between uh, Ripley and Baszler, which is the match everybody wants to see. But that was short-lived before everybody. There's nine women involved in this. That's it, it, think about that. That's not even that's not even including the Kabuki Warriors that just left. Mia Yim, who we just saw a video package on, uh, other more minor characters like Vanessa Bourne, Aaliyah, etc. This is why I say this women's division is so great. But the nine-woman brawl finally gets pulled apart. Uh, William Regal comes out on his huge fucking like podium balcony thing that he's been making his announcements from because he's fucking British male Rapunzel for some reason. And he just says, there's only one way to solve this. One word. War games. And he just fucks off. Now, this did my head in a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Because the, the heels have five. And the baby faces have four, so they're going to get some. Somebody's going to be out of that, or somebody else is going to be brought in who's not already in the fray. We're going to figure that out later on because the they didn't actually announce the match. They didn't actually announce the teams or anything. We just found out that we're going to get a women's war games match, which is great. On the heels of now, this this uh, I can speak. I swear. This review is going up Thursday night after 
Crown Jewel uh, has already aired. This time, tomorrow, while you're watching me talk right now, Crown Jewel is already under our belt, whether you watched it, whether you didn't, what happened, what didn't happen, but this, tonight, Wednesday, as I'm recording this, came on the heels of uh, Natalia versus Lacey Evans being announced for Crown Jewel, which is fucking mind-blowing. And yes, I know everybody has their opinions of the Saudi Arabia show. I'm not going to try and change your mind, I promise you. I know most people have opinions also of the Lacey Evans Natalia feud that's gone on forever and ever and ever and nobody really cares. Also, not going to try and convince you there, but neither one of those are really the point, the historical nature of the fact that they actually did what they tried to do last time and actually got a women's match on the card is phenomenal. This is not me throwing my hat in the ring for Natalia or for Lacey Evans or even for WWE or for the Saudi Arabia shows, but that little bit of it is nice. That little bit of it, along with whatever they do with Mansoor, are are really going to be like the feel-good moments of what is pretty much not a feel-good show. But on the heels of that, we're also getting the first women's war games match. They're doing it in NXT. I, I kind of wish that they were involving the Kabuki Warriors in this. I, I really do, because them on one team, or if they were going to do three teams like they did the first year, or something like that, because if they did three teams of three, you could have the Horsewoman, you could have the Kabuki Warriors and uh, Io Shirai, and then you could have Kai, Knox, and Ripley. That's just me pulling the thoughts together. But I mean, that leaves you with Bel Air and Candice LeRae with nothing to do, but they could just they could just have a match separately. They had two women's matches on the last card. It's fine. There were two women's matches at the TakeOver that I was at, which was TakeOver Toronto. I mean, it's, it's all good. There's so much of... I'm tripping over my words. I, I don't even care. There's no editing. There's no redoing this video. I am ridiculously excited about this. The tag title match was awesome. The women's match we had in the opener was awesome. This brawl was awesome. This announcement was awesome. Everything that can come out of this announcement is awesome. And again, again, AEW fans, I'm really not trying to be a dick here, but this is the one place, the one sphere where NXT is winning. Main, main event versus main event... Yeah, mid card versus mid card. Meh. Tag team wrestling. AEW has them beat by a yard. I'll give it to them. I'll gladly give it to them because ultimately I'm watching both shows. <laughs> but they're they're just winning. They're just winning with this. Um, there is absolutely no reason why all of this shouldn't have been the main event. I've said it for a while now. NXT the show, even when it was the one hour show on the network. They had a bad habit of putting what should have been the main event in either the first or the second segment, and they did it here. I know they're trying to tell some other stories as well. I get it, but this should have been the main event. This this is this is where you're winning. Like I said, this should have been the main event. This should have been because this show carried over for an extra 15 minutes. This should have been your carryover. This should have been the thing that in that extra 15 minutes that you could steal away from AEW could have gotten everybody's attention. I think it's a huge, even though I'm giving them all this praise, even though I'm heaping all this ridiculous praise on them for this segment and how it went and everything that it's leading to, I really do think they missed a trick not having this be the main event. And that's that's such a small criticism, but it's just, it's awesome and it could have been just this much more awesome. I There's no there's nothing else I can say about it except what we're going to talk about later on. Tyler Bate versus Cam Cameron Grimes. I... It's not a Shane Thorne thing, and it's not a a um, 
a Forgotten Sons thing, I genuinely don't like or care about Cameron Grimes. That's fine. Other people do. Other people seem to think he's great. All those other people seem to think and know about him from other places, which is great. Also, he's in the ring with Tyler Bate, who I really do like, and who I really would like to see in a more prominent spot. He was the first ever United Kingdom champion, after all. He was 19 when he won that, if, if Moro Ronaldo didn't tell you that a hundred times. Color and elbow tie-up, and each guy works the other guy's arm. Color and elbow tie-up again, a takedown and an arm bar by Grimes. Some chain wrestling by Bate, because that's what he does. Arm drag, wrist lock, arm drag by Bate. Head scissor by Grimes, drop kick by Bate, and a big spin, because that's what he does. Dropkick by Bate, a tornado side slam by Grimes, and we go to the commercial break because we didn't do the pitcher-in-pitcher this time. Um, top rope shoulder tackle by Bate, bridging bridging suplex by Grimes, sliding knees to the to the rib cage by Grimes were decent. I'll give him that. Overhead wrist lock, high knee by Bate, uppercuts and exploder suplexes. Running star, the running star press by Bate is another one of those things that's just awesome. I just like it's in the same category for me as Johnny Gargano's slingshot spear at this point. Uppercuts, exploder suplexes, running star pressed by bait. Hurricane Rana driver was awesome. Didn't expect that one. Both men trade some punches. There's a collision course by Grimes, a rebound lariat by bait, a rolling kick and a suicide dive. But Killian Dane, a wild Killian Dane appeared at ringside and caused the distraction. Stomp by Grimes. Grimes gets the win, which I really don't like because Tyler Bate is a thing. Uh, Dane comes in after the match because Bate is still down. He's selling the big double stomp and he gets the Sinton by Dane who then throws him out of the ring, cannonballs him against the steel steps and says, take that message to your buddy Pete Dunne. Because Pete Dunne last week, very simply in an interview, said, I do not care about Killian Dane. We got a video package on Angel Garza and his family's history and his uncles and grandfathers and fathers and all that sort of thing. Uh, a bunch of them were in WCW, apparently, because I pay attention. I'm sorry, I really... At this point, I've said this before, too. Uh, NXT, great with the video packages. Sometimes they lean on them a bit too much. I was a little bit video packaged out at this point. So the Angel Garza thing, good for him. They're acknowledging him. They're acknowledging his talent. They're acknowledging where he came from, his family lineage, his family's history in the business. I got a huge amount of respect for all of that. I was a little bit zoned out on it at this point because I was still, even two matches later, still coming down from all the stuff with the ladies from earlier. That's just me being honest. The video package, there's nothing wrong with it. I get it. I got nothing against Angel Garza. He's fun. Um, but I, I, I did zone out a little bit on that. We got back up to that little balcony announcement place thing where Regal was earlier, and I think it was Kathy Kelly. I don't know the backstage announcers are a little bit interchangeable. I don't say that as an insult. I say that in the way that WWE treats them. Uh, but the announcement is made, and it, it's sort of self-explanatory, but the announcement is that Baszler and Ripley are going to be the two teams of the two war games, or sorry, the captain, uh, the captains of the two teams in the war games match. Words are hard. I'm tired. Um, team Baszler versus Team Ripley. I mean, Baszler's going to be like her... And the horsewoman and, you know, Shirai, isn't it? And Ripley has, like, all the baby faces to choose from. Uh, and then we get the main event, which is a weird choice for a main event, which was O'Reilly and Fish versus Lee and Riddle. O'Reilly and Fish, the first part, the first half of this match is just the current tag team champions, by the way, getting manhandled by Lee and Riddle. And it ends, as we go to commercial break, with a spear and a jackhammer from Riddle. Uh, one punch knockdown by Lee. Fish and Riddle trade some kicks, rolling gut wrench suplexes by Riddle. Uh, back elbow, sorry, back elbow by Fish. 
body shots in a senton, choke in a body scissor, one arm power bomb by Lee. I I lost the stream for a little bit because it happened. Knee strikes by Riddle on both guys, exploder suplexes on both guys, brotons on both guys, a deadlift suplex by Riddle, and uh, Strong and Cole show up on the outside, causing the distraction. For a little while, Lee and Riddle hold their own for a bit more in a two-on-four scenario. Moonsault onto all four of them by Riddle. Lee pounces Cole into Strong, which was hilarious, but all the distraction on the outside leads to a high-low by Fish and O'Reilly, and Era get the win. Now... I blasted through that because it's it's your it's your tag team champions against a put together team for the night and and it's sort of because this was the theme of the night uh, I don't mind it but it was sort of predictable at this point it is like this match didn't matter it was what the match got us to and that was once again post-match beatdown um, four on two Champa comes down with the crutch he's got to stare down with Cole they the three of them chase away all of the Undisputed Era except Kyle O'Reilly they beat the hell out of Kyle O'Reilly three baby faces on one heel throw O'Reilly out of the ring onto the rest of the Undisputed Era and then Champa I gotta, I gotta give it to Champa the way he sells he's don't laugh it's fine I'm just trying to explain what I mean here the way Ciampa sells his relationship with that championship belt. Uh, he sees the belt sitting in the corner. He sort of puts the crutch down. And he gets almost this reverent look on his face. And he kneels He kneels in the direction of the belt. And he almost touches it. And then he grabs the microphone and says, Goldie, you're going to have to wait. Daddy's going to war. So there's your title match for War Games. Now, next week... We got Priest versus Dunn too, which will be awesome. I think there's going to be some Killian Dane interference, and I think it's eventually going to lead to Priest and Dane versus Bait and Dunn, which doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Save that for War Games. <coughs> I'm starting to lose my voice, can you tell? And we'll start to get the announcements of who's on Team Baszler and who's on Team Ripley. So, when I started this video saying, you know, full gear, War Games, full gear, War Games, and I was being a bit of a dick. I got, for full gear, the two matches that I can think of off the top of my head are Jericho versus Cody and Moxley versus Omega. Yeah, we're actually going to get that match this time around. It's not going to be interrupted by Neville. Um, yes, I know Moxley was injured and he was dealing with stuff. I get it. It was a joke. Get over it. But that is going up against Ciampa versus Cole New Heel Valor versus Gargano and Team Baszler versus Team Ripley in the first ever women's war games match. I and I know they're not happening the same weekend. I'm just I'm just drawing comparisons. Don't it's not a it's not a Saturday night war, is it? Um this is ridiculously exciting. And the thing is, every time I come up here and talk to you guys, and, and, and I, can I can tell you this, you know, hand on heart. My Wednesday night goes, I find the stream, I watch NXT. I come talk to you guys about NXT, I put the video up, and then I watch AEW. While I'm telling you how excited I am about NXT, about the things that they're doing in NXT, about the way they're incorporating the right people from the main roster back to NXT, while I tell you how excited I am about War Games, I'm also excited to finish recording this, start uploading it, and watch AEW. 
So while I do take my shots, they are in fun. The Wednesday Night War is great. And if you think about it logically, if you think about it uh, from a from a non-negative point of view, if you never want to watch mainstream, main roster WWE ever again, you still have power on Tuesdays, impact on Tuesdays, dark on Tuesdays, NXT on Wednesdays, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, NXT UK on Thursday, the NXT replay also on Thursday, and every pay-per-view that goes along with that. You could never touch main roster WWE again, because let's be real, you'd be about as miserable as Rusev, wouldn't you? But this... I, this is this isn't even a review. This is just me gushing about NXT. But you know what? I don't care. It's fucking. This is great. I I hope while everybody else is is going off about the Wednesday Night War and everybody's getting mad at everybody and da 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 and Jordan Miles doesn't like his T-shirt and he's a fucking goofball. I hope you guys are as excited about something as I am about NXT. That is my wish for all of you guys. Whether it's like I say, whether it's ROH, whether it's Impact, whether it's NWA, whether it's Imp, whether it's NXT, NXT UK, whether there are some of you out there that still genuinely do like Raw and SmackDown, I hope all of you in this wrestling community have something that you enjoy as much as I enjoy NXT. And that's as honest as I can be with you guys. That's a hell of a ramble. I went on about that way too long. My voice is going to hate me in the morning. I took tomorrow off so that I could watch Crown Jewel and laugh. Um, I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys. Sunshine,